Come on in. The Carolina Outdoors is now in session. Your host, Bill Barty and Wes Lawson. And that is what we do here, Wes. We come in and talk about the Carolina Outdoors, the things to do in the Carolina Outdoors, and hopefully along the way we can have some encouragement for people to get out and take on whatever their personal adventure may be. And you know, Bill, right now is the time for personal adventures and family adventures in North Carolina. It is perfect fall weather throughout both Carolinas, and it could not be prettier in the mountains. Well, I am glad you said that because that is where we are heading, to one of the most beautiful places in the Carolinas. We're going to head for Cullowee, North Carolina, straight inside the Natural Science Building on the campus of Western Carolina University because we have Dr. Beverly Collins that's going to join us, who is going to join us and share what is happening outside her office window and why it is happening here uh, this time of year. Dr. Collins, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you. And I can tell you that I'm actually uh, in our brand new science building up on the fifth floor over a beautiful fall display this year. Well, wonderful, because through the years, as we have spoken to you um, about the leaf change, about the whys and all of that, you have educated us hugely in the impact of weather. Now, through the years, and I guess we can get into this with the... uh, with less sunlight out there and all of those things that take part uh, in the leaf change. One thing that we've learned um, through you is drought, storms, high wind, all of that and how it impacts what we tourists, the we visitors to Mm -hmm. look at the beautiful sights um, of the North Carolina, Carolina mountain sea Can you give us a little insight of what fall 2022 means compared to those years before? Well, this year is one of our most striking years that we've had in a long time. Um, The the weather has been perfect with Mm. warm, sunny days, you know, clear blue skies, and it got cold. It's going to get really cold, I think, this week. (laughs) And uh, that has just made the colors pop this year, especially the early fall colors of the yellows and the reds. They're just going like crazy. And what is it about the reds and the yellows that make them come out so much earlier, it seems, and then some of those oranges kind of come later? What's the rhyme and the reason behind that? Well, a lot of it has to do with uh, the differences in the species, the tree species. Um, The red colors are due to a pigment that's in the leaves called anthocyanins. And uh, that pigment is made when it starts getting cold and the days get shorter in the fall. Um, The yellow pigments and the orange pigments that are in the leaves are... uh, masked during the summer by the green chlorophyll. And so when it gets fall and the days get shorter and the nights get colder, that chlorophyll breaks down uh, because the plants stop doing photosynthesis as much. And you can see those other pigments that are in the leaves, the yellow and the orange pigments. And the combinations of the yellow 
the orange and the red give us the different colors of the leaves. And some leaves, especially on trees that turn sort of early like sourwoods, their leaves have a lot of the red pigment in it. And so we see them as red. And um, red maples, which also turn early, have um, the, some of that red pigment in them as well, but they also have the orange pigments, the yellow pigment. So we see them as sort of a mixture of colors. Um, some of our trees that turn later in the fall, like the oaks, uh, they have, we see them as more brown because they have more of a mixture of the red, the yellow, and the orange, which, which we see as brown. Uh, so their colors are a little uh, duller, I guess, if you want to say that, uh, and uh, a little more toward brown, but still very pretty. So you are there at altitude in the high country of North Carolina. Can you, I, I guess it is altitude and the weather, uh, the cooler weather, that makes the leaves change first in the high country before they start coming down the mountain into the Piedmont. Um, is there any other factors that are in play besides the cooler weather that the mountains have at that altitude? The cooler weather is most is the biggest factor. Um, you know, everywhere the days have got started getting shorter, the nights longer, and you know the days are a little cooler. But they're much cooler at elevation or, or to the north than they are further south or down in elevation. And so the leaves start turning colors earlier there, and it progresses from north to south and from higher elevation to lower elevation. So with all that said, and fall 2022 being a beautiful season, my next question may seem odd, but because, I mean, you're a botanist and, and you've seen a lot in your time. You've contributed to ecology and recovery of eastern old growth forest. Mm. Um, with all of that being said, what is the, in your opinion, the overall health of our tree canopy in the mountains in western North Carolina? Well, um, our forests are regrowing or growing uh, from the, you know, wholesale cutting mm -hmm. that was done back in the early 1900s. And so our forests are regrowing from that. It takes a long time for a forest to grow, a um, hundred years, you know, and our oldest trees are like 400 years plus old. Uh, our old growth forests, you know, the trees there are like 200, 300, 400 years old. So it takes a long time for a forest to grow. And our forests are growing back, you know, are in succession, we say. Um, but, uh, and so they're going through a natural successional progression um, to, uh, from a young forest to an older forest. Uh, that and, said, I'm sorry. Well, because I did try to study up on this, and, and you mentioned logging went on. Of course, uh, I always, I still, th this tree's still in existence, but because of the blight at the turn of the century, uh, I guess uh, turn of the 20th century, the blight of the American chestnut, which right. took it away, um, 
many people talk about the acid rain that the Appalachian Mountains will catch and pour down. If you go many times to to some of our high peaks where uh, acid rain may have had that effect. And then lastly, the insect infestation of the hemlock tree. Um, yes. How, how is that uh, going about? Because that's a, a bit more current, I guess. Yes. So, yes, besides logging, our forests are recovering from the chestnut blight, which really took out one of the dominant trees in the forest, the main trees in the forest. And, yes, pollution uh, and acid rain has certainly affected our forests. Again, that has become less over time, um, but the, the, rema- the impacts are still there, uh, so the legacy. Yes, our our latest threat to our forest is the hemlock woolly adelgid, and it is it is killing hemlock trees. Mm. Um, so you will see that as you drive through uh, Western North Carolina, if you see large standing dead trees, um, they may very well be hemlocks. And uh, right now, we don't know what's really going to replace them. Um, in many cases, they're being replaced by a shrub uh, called rhododendron, um, which is an evergreen shrub. But we don't really know um, what all is going to replace them. And there are some even more current threats coming our way or here now. Um, the emerald ash borer is a major threat to our eastern forests. Uh, it kills our ash trees, mm. which are very important trees in our forests. Um, there are other pests that are uh, sort of taking aim on other tree species. You probably know about um, actually a, a pest that's been with us a long time it's, uh, called southern pine beetles. They are not so widespread in our our mountains here, but they do also kill trees other than pine trees like spruce trees. And so um, our forests really uh, are under some threat from various uh, pests and diseases. We are probably also under even more threat from invasive tree species, uh, like princess tree, which pops up. It's not a native tree, and it pops up after disturbance or after fire. And we're beginning to see a lot more of that go on in our forests. The voice you hear there is Dr. Beverly Collins. We're speaking to her from Western Carolina University from the fifth floor of the brand-new Natural <laughs> Science Building there in Cullowee, North Carolina. We're getting close to Halloween because I asked the question, and some of that stuff sounded kind of scary. So, Wes, we're going to have to turn the corner and get back to the happy stuff. Well, maybe. <laughs> so, invasive tree species, how do those happen, and how do we mitigate their destruction? I really wish I knew how to mitigate them. Um, that would that would make me very happy uh, if I did. We we got them because they have come into the country at some point. Some have been brought in by ornament, uh, you know, to raise as ornamental. Mm. People like them, uh, and so have imported them. Others have come in accidentally. 
And so after they get here, they basically spread from their point of origin. And most of our invasive species produce a lot of seeds, are very uh, competitive uh, with our native trees, and they establish very readily in disturbances. There are a lot of natural disturbances in our forests such as wind throws, wind disturbance and fire. And uh, often now, more more than in the past, um, these invasive species are establishing in those disturbed areas. They also show up along the sides of the road. Ah. Uh, Yeah, where it's very disturbed. And we don't know how to get rid of them in many cases. Uh, Actually, most cases, I think. it often comes down to just killing them or cutting them tree by tree by tree or pulling them up, and we obviously can't get every one of them. That, uh, that, that, so that would be labor-intensive. Yeah, that's a little too labor-intensive. You're exactly right. Um, and so they, they get killed whenever they can, but they're faster than we are. So one of the great things about fall isn't just the, the leaf change. It's, it's the, the natural rhythm of things as wildlife changes its behavior, at least in my backyard, the bucks and the does have separated for a while now. The younger bucks are learning how to scrape and establish dominance from the older bucks. Chipmunks have been running around like crazy, and every acorn in my driveway is being buried in my backyard by squirrels right now, (laughs) which has my dogs very excited. But where you are right now in western North Carolina, what wildlife is moving around? How are things changing along with and coincidentally with the changing of the leaves? Um, I haven't had an opportunity to observe the deer so much, but I can tell you that in my yard as well, the squirrels are running around like crazy. It's been a really great year year here for white oaks. Uh, There are white oak acorns everywhere, and there are hickory nuts everywhere. I actually, uh, one of my classes ran a little experiment where we put out some white oak acorns and we put out some hickory nuts, and the students observed how long it took for the squirrels and and the small mammals to take those, and they were gone the next day. (laughs) So so it's a really busy time of the year right now for um, for the squirrels and the chipmunks. Um, They're just you know, getting ready for winter, and it's the the nut crop is really good here. At, at least around where I am, the white oaks and the hickories, the red oaks, not so much this year. You know, and, and hickory nuts and acorns are also one of those things that so many other animals will will hang out mm-hmm. by either for those same creatures we were just talking about, but also the black bear population might fall in mm-hmm. on those, and other scavengers who are trying to catch one of our little four-legged mammalian friends. Those hickory nuts, though, Bill, if one of those falls on you and hits you, that is life-changing. I mean, you will you will stutter after one of those hits you in the head. <laughs> well, I was going to see if Dr. Collins lined up any of her students into two di- different teams and had a hickory nut uh, <laughs> battle out there. So that might be... <laughs> I'd want to be on the side that's getting hit by the acorns, not the hickory nuts. 
And a quick reminder, too, that uh, many of the challenges that our forests are undertaking, some of the young minds, Dr. Collins, that you are uh, helping grow there at Western Carolina may have some of the solutions. In fact, researchers mm-hmm. uh, are working on uh, predatory beetles with biocontrols mm-hmm. to eat away some of the uh, attackers uh, on the hemlock. So um, they're Maybe hope in the future as we continue uh, educating and growing uh, future botanists. So thank you for for that, and thank you for the wonderful report from Western North Western North Carolina at Western Carolina uh, here on the Carolina Outdoors. You are most welcome. Off she goes, and off we go. West Lawson, there, Bill Barty here. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 